This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, let's get right back into it. There's a lot of ground to traverse here with our roundtable group. Ernie Eves, a former premier and finance minister, John Turley Ewart. He's a risk management consultant, all this experience on Bay and Wall Streets, as well as Catherine Swift, former head of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, now spokesperson for Working Canadians. Catherine, I'll ask you, uh, Working Canadians, you know, Jerry Diaz went down to Detroit. Big auto show this week. Doug Ford was down there talking to execs at General Motors, and then he had a parley with Doug Ford. GM's not budging on the closure of the Oshawa plant at the end of the year, and Jerry Diaz said he's going on a fatwa. Uh, He figures that's the way to get their attention, maybe get them to uh, reverse course. Doug, uh, perhaps being a little more pragmatic, understands that they've made their mind up. It's firm and fast, but uh, he wants to help some of the people transition, which the GM spokesperson told me yesterday. They're certainly full-on prepared to do. But Jerry's saying all Canadians should be outraged by this. You get that sense as one representing working Canadians? No, I don't at all. And, uh, you know, when you put it in, and not not that any job loss is not obviously a bad thing and affects people, affects communities. Of course it does. But when you look at the economy as a whole, when you look at what's happening out west, and, you know, the, the loss of the GM plant is certainly regrettable for that community and for an awful lot of individuals. GM is actually offering some pretty decent, uh, you know, whether it's retraining, uh, early pension, uh, you know, access and, and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, to, to lambaste GM, which Diaz is doing, I think is is pretty foolish because it's just, you know, they're, they're actually, they're, they're being, yeah, I think so. Absolutely. And I, the unions in general, they, they really, they have not adapted to our modern economy. And you, in the private sector, you really have to wonder what their future is, because this is, this is the way of the world. Everything's changing out there. We hear constantly about disruptive technologies. Whole industries are upended uh, right. seemingly on a regular basis. And autos, autos are, and traditional manufacturing is not going to be exempt from these changes. So I think a little more creative thinking on the part of the Jerry Diaz's of this world might serve them better than this, you know, sort of thuggish, uh, you know, we're not going to budge right. and everything has to go back to the way it was 20 years ago or we're going to throw a hissy fit. A regressive approach. Well, I know, John, you're a big fan of Schumpeter and uh, creative destruction. So is that what's playing out here? Well, I was actually going to put my Buzz Hargrove hat on here for a moment and, and uh, defend uh, uh, Mr. Diaz uh, in, in, in this way. Don't clutch your heart on <laughs> <laughs> uh, remember, he's a politician, right? Right, and he's right. a pol- and he has and the party or constituency he leads are workers. And when those workers lose twenty five hundred members, uh, he's not as a politician going to just stand there and say, "Well, you know, that's unfortunate. We'll uh, we'll figure so out what to do." So it's all theater. Of course, it's it's political theater. Right. And you know, Buzz would tell you that. I would say that um, uh, you know, recently uh, Premier Ford and and uh, Jerry Diaz actually met. Right. If you recall the things that uh, the Jerry Diaz said about Doug Ford, it would. Why would they meet? I think we know why, because Doug Ford and everyone else knows that Jerry's got a constituency that he plays to. And I think the fact is, is that they want to keep GM jobs that are left here in place. Uh, But I do think they go through a little bit of this theater. I think in the end, though, you you really have to ask Mr. Diaz, okay, so what do you want to be the outcome? And I would say that General Motors has been working, uh, well, at least their public relations campaign has been very good uh, for what they're going to do for workers. Right, so there's boilermakers that are needed, or electricians that are needed, and they're going to train people for these uh, well-paying jobs. And and uh, you have to give kudos to them for that. The question for for Mr. Diaz is, what's next after all the theater? What are you actually going to do? 
Well, that's the question, and Catherine raised that specter. Maybe it's a death knell for the private sector unions. I mean, uh, they're becoming less and less impactful or... uh, I guess you might even say impotent in the face of changing industries and so on and so forth. Uh, let me move on to impotence of a different stripe. And the, <laughs> I mean, this has to do with Justin Trudeau uh, on the the matter of Robert Schellenberg facing the death sentence in China. And Krista Freeland earlier today saying, you know, we're trying to uh, recruit and we've got a number of our allies backing us. Uh, a Chinese foreign policy spokesperson kind of sneered at that and said, Canada, you could count their allies on the fingers of two hands, meaning we got less than 10. We're not a going concern. They're mocking us openly and publicly, Ernie Eves. Is there anything Justin Trudeau can do to maybe sway them in their decision to put this guy to death? Or as Mark Stein said in the last hour, basically, uh, the Chinese are willing to kill a Canadian uh, just to make a point. They've done that with two other Canadians who happen to be dual citizens for, for drug smuggling. I mean, for, for dealing drugs. I'm not defending the, the Chinese decision by any stretch of the imagination. I think Canada really was used in this whole thing. I think that, uh, you know, by, by the U.S. trying to get a trade deal with China, I understand there, it's been reported that Canada was actually given a heads up two days before. Um, the Hawaii executive appeared in, was coming into Vancouver. As John Manley has said, a former liberal cabinet minister and foreign affairs minister, has said, you know, we could have easily, behind the scenes, wink, wink, nod, nod, given her a heads up that perhaps it isn't a good thing that you come to Vancouver in a couple of days because we, we might have to do something that we don't want to do. That's the way this should have played out, having done nothing and find themselves in a jackpot, really being used as a pawn, I believe, by Trump's government. Uh, We are where we are. Um, I don't know what we get out of this. We seem to get all the dirt out of it. Trump's using this as a negotiating tool to try and get a better trade deal with China as if he could just unilaterally order Canada to stop what they're doing, drop his request to have her extradited, and everything will be fine and dandy. Meanwhile, we as Canadians are paying a huge price and a huge potentially future price in terms of our relationship in dealing with China. Well, that raises a specter, too, of uh, boycotts of Chinese or made-in-China products. Does that make it? There's even, as Anthony Fury last hour on the panel was saying, he's got a petition going around on change.org to get Huawei off Hockey Night in Canada because, you know, they sponsor it, and they're right there front and center on the panel table. I mean, do you think that kind of stuff would have any kind of consequence or merit? I doubt it. I really doubt it. We are a small, we are a bit player in this whole thing uh, economically. Because you talk about boycotts and whatnot, they, you know, it's like PB's uh, off a tank, really, with with respect to China. Um, what what? It's an awful situation. I don't think Trudeau at all can do much of anything. Unfortunately, they can try diplomatic channels and so on. But anybody who's dealt with the Chinese. Uh, I've been amazed at the naivety of this Trudeau government for as long as it's been in power. You know, he did talk, you know, the the famous talk about the, the, you know, he envied their basic dictatorship and, and, you know, that kind of stuff. They've been actively trying to pursue a trade deal on, on again, off again for the last few years. This is how China rolls. It's how they've rolled for a very long time. And and to think that, uh, A, we're much of a player in Canada uh, and that we can, 
wangle a deal that will be beneficial to us uh, against this behemoth that is known to, uh, you know, abuse other countries' intellectual property. It's known to, of course, it's going to spy on other countries. I mean, th- th- anybody paying attention to the facts, uh, they should have shook their head a long time ago with respect to China. So if, if this smartens them up, uh, well, it, let's hope it smartens them up because it, it, it shouldn't take, you know, it, it shouldn't take that much to, to look at what's happening with China. And if, but if a Canadian actually ends up dying, well, that's a, that's well, a pretty serious uh, price to pay. John, last week you were saying that the virtue signaling has caught up to Justin Trudeau. Well, it, it, cer- it certainly has. But, but at the same time, let me uh, disagree uh, with Catherine respectfully and also with uh, Mr. Eves. I think um, the idea that China is in this tremendously strong position, let's look at where China is right now. They're the, right now, they're pumping stimulus into their economy. Right? They're very worried about the decline in their economic growth. They've for years exaggerated how much their economic growth is. In terms of um, you know, where they are, they're probably about 1920s uh, in terms of economic development compared to the United States and Canada. People forget about all the rural poverty that, that covers that entire nation. And the, the most important thing to that government is keeping the economy going because they're scared that if people start twiddling their thumbs and doing nothing, they start doing things like, you know, go to Tiananmen Square and say, hey, maybe we need a change in government or style of government. So to argue that the Chinese are, are all powerful uh, and have, you know, more leverage over us, just think about uh, how China got where it was today. It was because the West decided to work with them to try and bring them into the community of nations where we have rules of law. You know, if tomorrow Europe and, and North America uh, and Canada decide, you know what, we're going to put up massive trade barriers, if you think that's not going to have a huge impact on the quality of life in China and destabilize our government, well, you're mistaken. Well, Trump takes a lot of criticism, and mostly it's style points, but uh, do you think on this one where he's initiated uh, a brinksmanship of a sort on the trade front, He's actually making an impact. Well, he's making an impact because remember, too, the tariffs that he's putting uh, in, in place, who's paying those tariffs uh, by and large? It's, 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 it hasn't had the impact on the U.S. economy that people have thought. Now, look, I'm not an, an advocate for putting tariff walls up, but I, I would say that if you looked at what's happening right now, the Chinese are the ones who are suffering. You know, the, the Americans are reducing their stimulus. Uh, uh, they have a full employment. Uh, the, you know, sh- certainly the economy has been through these ups and downs because of political instability in the White House. But compared to China, the U.S. is miles ahead. All right. I just remember history, you know, when the last time that happened in the Far East, uh, Imperial Japan got a little miffed and decided to take things uh, in another direction. But we'll come back and uh, I'll take things into a different direction as well. I still want to get your thoughts on what's going on with Brexit and uh, Theresa May just surviving a non-confidence vote earlier this afternoon. But man, they're on the clock. March 29th. They've got to make something happen or not. And uh, we'll get your thoughts. The Gillette ad still looms large and even more importantly, what the heck are the Leafs going to do before the trade deadline? Uh, we'll get, <laughs> we got Ernie's attention. We'll get back to that and more in a moment here on The Oakley Show. Ernie Eves, John Turley Eward, Catherine Swift, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.